0: Welcome back to the Art of Charm podcast, a show designed to help you communicate with power and become unstoppable on your path from hidden genius to influential leader. Now, we know you have what it takes to reach your full potential, and that's why each and every week, Johnny and I share with you strategies and interviews to help you transform your life and unlock your own unique X factor, whether you're in sales, leadership, building client relationships, or even looking for love.
1: You shouldn't have to settle for anything less than extraordinary.
0: Speaking of extraordinary, did you know you could get the entire Art of Charm back catalog? That's 15 years of podcasts and almost 900 episodes featuring expert guests and toolbox episodes when you subscribe to Stitcher Premium. Sign up today and use code CHARM to get a free month at Stitcher.com. Now today... We're talking gifts. We know it's the holiday season, so we brought in one of our friends and gifting experts, John Rulin. He's the author of Giftology, the art and science of using gifts to cut through the noise, increase referrals, and strengthen client retention. Now in it, he describes how generosity is the secret weapon to grow your business and your professional network. And guess what? There is a right and wrong way to give, and we're going to talk about it how mastering reciprocity can boost your bottom line, laser targeting whom you should be giving gifts to, and how to become a part of your client's inner circle. Now, we know the holidays are upon us. And of course, everyone's thinking about gifts. But did you know there's a strategy behind gift giving? We're so excited to talk to John today about just that. Welcome to the show, John. Yeah, man. Thanks for having me. Now, with the holidays on us, everyone is probably thinking about what gifts they're going to receive. But today we want to talk about actually the art of giving gifts and ways that we can use it to enrich every relationship in our lives, our personal relationships, as well as our professional relationships. And Johnny and I would love to just start with a little bit of the backstory of what got you so enthusiastic about the art of gift giving.
2: Yeah, well, it's uh, like a lot of things in life, it comes out of desperation, right? Most of our best ideas come when. Our backs against the wall, our backs in the corner, we're poor, we're hungry. I grew up milking goats on a, on a farm, so I didn't grow up around nice gifts. I was the kid that wanted the Air Jordans, but I was ending up with like the Walmart or Ames at the time special. Um, and so I, I wanted to get out of dodge. I hated you know, milking goats and baling hay. And uh, I was gonna go be a doctor, like a D.O. or a chiropractor because I wanted to make money and I didn't know what, you know, I didn't know what an entrepreneur was. But um, my life changed because of a mentor who was this rain making guy. He was amazing at relationship building. And I looked at him he was 60 at the time. It was my girlfriend's dad. And I was like, I want to be him someday. I want to have the relationships. I want to have the referrals, the deal flow, like people just flocked to him because he was radically generous with all of his relationships, not tactical, not like, Hey, here's a gift. Now I'm going to ask you for a favor. He just loved on people. And because of that, um, he just had this amazing law firm, but he also owned real estate that magically became the Walmart. Like those sorts of things just happened to him all the time. And I'm like, Paul was just this, you know, this magnet. And so I pitched him Cutco knives. I interned with Cutco out of desperation. Like I had no sales experience. My mom was like, nobody can afford these stupid knives. Like, how are you going to pay for med school? And I'm like, I'm going to sell these knives, mom. She's like, you're nuts. So I pitched him thinking maybe he'll give all those clients at Christmas. These like a pocket knife. A lot of his clients were men. They're into hunting, fishing outdoors. And he's like, John, I don't wear the pocket knife. So I'm like, ah, I understand, Paul. He's like, I want to order a hundred of the paring knives. I'm like, Paul, you want to give a bunch of dudes like a kitchen tool? Why? And he's like, the reason I have more referrals, deal flow access is I found out a simple truth of business, whether you're in law or financial services or manufacturing, doesn't matter. It's all just people. It, and if you take care of the family and business, everything else seems to take care of itself. So that was the lightning bolt moment that I understood that Paul understood, you know, like Robert Cialdini talks about with, you know, influence and reciprocity and, and persuasion. All of these things come down to human psychology. And if you want to get anywhere in business, whether you're a sales rep, whether you're a VP, whether you're an owner, it comes down to human beings, like, like the, your investors, your mentors. And so really we wrote Giftology five years ago. We've been doing this for 20 years. We've landed 25 pro sports teams. But at the end of the day, it's a relationship, like everybody rises and falls on the relationships. So nobody cares about gifts. The gift I realized was just the delivery vehicle for this emotion and this connection and made people feel like, hey, you care about them, they matter. And when people feel a certain way, they run through walls for you. And so that's really the core of. of, I was like, I wanna, I didn't wanna go to med school really. I just wanna make money. And I don't go to a half million dollars in debt. And so I really um, latched onto that idea. And I'm like, I don't want to be poor. So I'm going to start pouring into these relationships. And I started a business when I'm 20. By the time I was a senior in college, Cutco has worked with about 2 million sales reps. We became their number one rep out of 2 million in the 70 year history as this country bumpkin farm kid who had no sales experience by applying these principles that we now teach on stages all over the world. Now, many
0: of us have that exact thought. Okay, gifts. So transactional. You're giving me something because you naturally want something out of me. And because of that, we avoid even going down that path of gift giving. How can we make it less transactional and just a part of enriching those relationships around us?
2: Yeah. Well, uh, first off, like we're talking, you know, around a holiday, right? And so almost everybody gives holiday gifts, Christmas gifts, whether you're in manufacturing, distribution, oil and gas, finance, like every industry, most people's conference tables are ready to collapse from all the chocolate, nuts, brownies, wine. You're giving gifts out of obligation. Like if you show up for your clients out of obligation, it feels very transactional. So I don't know, we call it no ABC gifting, no anniversaries, no birthdays, no Christmas. We don't allow, we own a gifting agency, a done-for-you gifting agency. And we. the reason I can take the time to do the call is because we don't send gifts at the holidays. We own a gifting agency. And so like people are like, you're going to die. You're like, your business is going to go out of business. I'm like, no, I'm going to focus on the other 10 months out of the year for our clients. And so now when you send a gift, it's like if you're married, if you show up on Valentine's Day for your wife, you earn brownie points. Hell no. You show up on a random Tuesday with a spa package of the four seasons and say, honey, I got the four kids, go. You earn a thousand. Well, the same thing applies with clients. You show up. You know, at Christmas, you're competing with 47 other things. It's very obligatory, very expected. Whereas if you start doing things we call planned randomness, we'll, we lay out once a, once a quarter for our top 250 relationships and our clients that we do gifting for do the exact same thing. One might be in the middle of February. The next year, that first quarter, we're going to do it in January. The next quarter, we're going to do it in, in, in March. We rotate through so the person who's receiving it doesn't feel like it's just a check the box. We also don't allow people to do deal gifts. Hey, you signed a million dollar deal. Here's your you know, box of you know, brownies. Who cares? You got a million dollars. Here's your box of brownies. Does that feel good? No, it feels transactional. Whereas if you waited six months and gave a thoughtful gift out of the blue, not because the deal was done, we don't allow referral gifts. Why? Hey, here's a million dollar referral. Here's your bottle of champagne. Does that feel good? No, it feels tit for tat. feels transactional. So the timing matters just as much as what you're sending. And most people do things very reactive versus saying, hey, I'm going to lay out a plan for my relationships and I'm just going to love the crap out of them. Not because they did anything for me, just because. You want more referrals? You want 10x more referrals? You show up as a randomly I just thinking about you and people are like, I didn't do anything for them. Internally, what do we want to do? We want to reciprocate, especially when people do that over and over. It starts to feel unequal, now there's no strings attached. They want to go out of their way to do things for you versus waiting for a referral or a deal to happen.
1: There is so much going on in everything that you said there, and there's a few points that I, I want to bring up. First. In communication, there's passive communication and there's proactive communication. And whether you're going to be reactive, waiting to see what happens, and then make your move from there, or are you going to drive the conversation in a certain direction? Of course, Ed, you had brought up gift giving is much in the same manner. Now, for myself as a as a guy, the minute I heard you say, Well, getting your your wife a gift randomly is going to have more. Po- For those guys in the audience who thought if I got my wife or girlfriend a gift randomly, the first question she's going to ask me is, what did you do? I knew that was coming. I knew that was (laughs) coming. So, so of course, you have to reevaluate where the relationship is and and why that's your first thought and being proactive in gift giving and what you're setting up. Um, And I'm sure you've heard this a million times. So what do you have to say to that, John?
2: Well, I would say that maybe has more to do with somebody's character than it has to do with the, <laughs> the gifting concept. I mean, if you're, if that's the only time you're sending gifts is when you do dumb stuff, or <laughs> you, like, you, like, then, then it's not really proactive, it's reactive. But I think that there is that pattern of like guys only do things when they have to. Guys only wait, they wait for the anniversary, they wait for the last minute. If If guys specifically would be just as proactive with their like with their relationships internally, personal, and business-wise, externally, as they are with their fantasy football league, they'd be an amazing, thoughtful gift giver. But most people are like, John, I can't do this. I'm not good at it. I'm like, I grew up on a farm goat milking. My love language is not gift giving. I'm actually naturally an introvert and I'm naturally, so I, I, the fact that I'm on stages and whatever else, I go back and like have a bourbon and a cigar by myself because it takes a lot of energy to go out and give it. But I'm also like not naturally skilled that way. I just have worked what I call the gratitude muscle consistently for 20 years. So I'm now, I'm pretty dang good at it, but there's other people that are better. It's just that we put a system and a strategy to it. So I'd say like, if the only times you're doing it is when you're in the doghouse, like that's not proactive, that's reactive. And if you start showing up for your wife or your girlfriend or significant other at random times and they realize, oh, this is because they just were thinking of me, not because they did something stupid, then you'll create a new pattern where they're like, wow, my husband or my boyfriend or my whatever is crazy thoughtful and good things will start to happen. Now, if you give a gift randomly to your spouse and expect something that night, it wasn't a gift. That's a manipulation. Just like if you give a gift and then ask for a referral, it wasn't a gift. You're trying to manipulate the situation. Very different than, you know, if you give something open-handed versus, hey, honey, I just, I, I, I took care of you. You know, now you need to take care of me. That's a give to get. You're going to get like smacked down. That's not going to work well for you. So, the little intricacies of everything with gifting or anything else matters just as much as the thing itself.
0: Yeah. That intent is so key because many of us go in with a transactional mindset around the gift. Exactly. I'm going to give you something. And that means now that I'm expecting something back from you in kind. And whether that's in real estate, trying to get a referral, whether that's in business, trying to land that contract by sweetening the deal with champagne and anything else. Of course, that puts the other person thinking, well, you just want something out of me, and it hurts the relationship. It doesn't help. The other key point that you brought up that I want to focus on is think about your birthday on Facebook, right? We get inundated with happy birthday messages. Does any one of those messages stand out to you? Do you remember every single person that wished you happy birthday? No. If you're a business owner, what happens around the holidays? Tons of fruit basket, tons of bottles of wine, tons of chocolates. Does any one of those gifts stand out to you? No, it's just doing business. Piles up, you give it to your staff and you move on. You don't even really think about it. But the randomness, the planned randomness, stands out because there's nothing else to compare it to. There's no one else sending a gift in the middle of March for no reason. There's no one else in late August who is thinking about the client or the potential client like you are. So planning your gift giving around major holidays, major events, following the tradition that everyone else follows doesn't really really allow you to stand out from the crowd. We
2: tell people all the time, even a sucky gift that shows up in the middle of August stands out better than an amazing gift that's given out, you know. And so if you can gift at a level 10, you know, so like you take somebody out to dinner, you're not taking them to McDonald's, you're taking them to a Four Seasons or some world class restaurant. Most people give sucky gifts and they give them a sucky, you know, expected obligatory times, and they spam their logo on it. Like when the people when, when I give the people the recipe, they're like, oh, my gosh, I've been doing like everything wrong for the last 20 years. No wonder nobody cares. No wonder like, you know, like nobody cares because it sucks. Because it doesn't, it's vanilla, it's bland, but the timing, man, the timing is so clutch. It's like, when I tell people we own an agency and no Christmas gifts, like they get ghost white. They're like, what are you talking about? Like they, you know, they were like, but we do this every year for 30 years. I'm like, well, how are you getting the amount of referrals you want? Are you getting the, the amount of loyalty from your employees that you expect? Are your suppliers running through walls for you? No, then start showing up for those buckets of relationships at unexpected times and uncommon ways and come back three years from now and tell me that it didn't pay off 100x. Nobody comes back other than to tell me, you're so right, not only is my marriage better, but my relationship with my employees is better because we're just humans. I don't care. Like, I, I spoke at Google. They're like, God, does this work in, in technology? They're like challenging me. And I said, are there humans at Google? And they're like, well, yeah, there's like 80,000 of us. I'm like, then it works. It works in Idaho, Africa. like. We're all just human that we forget. We think, oh, it has to be industry specific or we have this tradition of doing this in, in December. I'm like, everything that everybody's doing go completely against the grain. Just do the opposite of what everybody else says and you'll probably be in the top 1% of gift givers.
1: Let me ask you a question. What would you be able to accomplish with a team that supports, encourages, and holds you accountable to weekly strategies, building unique skills such as rapport building, leadership, and influence? Imagine having that accountability for one whole year. The answer, there are no limits. That's right.
0: Turn your goals into reality. That's exactly what we do in the X Factor Accelerator. Our programs are filled with expert trainings that we've built over the last 15 years from the best in their industries to help our clients level up at a rapid pace in a world that's evolving at a rapid pace. Relationships matter. They can help you get introductions and help you get on that inside track. Military, entrepreneurs, and professionals alike are all looking for an edge to beat out the competition, and they've found it by developing their unique X Factor.
1: Your X Factor is hidden inside you and is ready to be unleashed. Join our community and build an unstoppable mindset, captivating conversations and leveraging your social capital to win at love, life, and work. Join us today and find out what you're truly capable of. Apply now
0: at unlockyourxfactor.com. That's unlockyourxfactor.com. You also brought up this love language around gift-giving, and Johnny and I were, were laughing about this earlier. Receiving gifts is my love language. I enjoy gifts and surprises. Johnny, not so much. If I give Johnny a gift, it doesn't really stand out. It's not his love language. So for those in our audience who gift-giving isn't really natural to them, maybe it's not their love language, they aren't really familiar with it, can you walk us through the, the general recipe so we can actually start using the art of gift-giving to our advantage?
2: Yeah, Well, what I'd say is that I think whether you believe in a God or not, we're all wired to have all five of the love love languages. I think most people, especially in business, the bar is so low. Like people think they're a seven out of 10 and really they're negative three. It's just because (laughs) we've gotten swag and trinkets and tchotchkes. That's our gifting. That's not a gift. That's a promotional item. So I think that you think about it like a chessboard or like a ball game. Like there's a strategy, there's a thinking five steps ahead. There's a, I wanna be strategic with my dollars on Facebook. I wanna put a dollar in and get $3 back out. Like this is a business strategy. This isn't a check the box to feel warm and fuzzy at the holidays or to feel generous. This is like, if you understand that this is a little like hinge that can swing a huge door, just like marketing or strategy on sales or advertising or operations, any of those. Then you start putting like real focus and attention on it. It's not like, oh, I spent five minutes on it this year. It's like, no, I spent five days or five hours or I spend, you know, in our case, we recommend five to 15% of your net profits should be reinvested back into your relationships. It's a real business. Like it's a reinvestment of profits. So if you made a hundred grand last year, that's, you know, five to 15 grand of dollars. People are like, well, that's a lot of money. And I'm like, you get to keep 85 grand. You, like you're, they're buying their own gifts and next year you should make 150 grand. So really you invested 15 grand to make an extra 50. Like last time I checked, that's a 300%, over 300% return on relationship, ROR. So I think if you're, if you're looking at this as a business strategy and you want the recipe and you're like, gosh, I wanna be different. I know that every, there's a thousand other financial advisors in my area. There's 500 other marketing agencies they can hire. I need to be different and show up in uncommon ways. Then you start to realize like even if i'm not good at it there is a recipe the first thing is have a plan if you have a business plan an operations plan you need a relationship plan you need to identify it's not what you're sending it's who you're sending it to who are the 10 who are the 100 who are the thousand relationships that got you to this point in your business even your mentors your advisors your lawyer your accountant like anybody that's on your team and then who are the people you need to invest in to get to the next level if you want to grow By 300% over the next five years. Who are the people you need to be planting seeds with and loving on and then have that math equation. Your your tribe, they want to download our entire playbook of what we charge tens of thousands of dollars to walk a client through, then go to giftology system and walk through our entire recipe. The who is the first, not the what. The what is the seventh step. Do you know their spouse's name? We call that the inner circle. Do you know their assistant's name? Um, Are you slamming your logo on it? If you are, like it's not a gift anymore. It's a promotional item. Like you'd never go to somebody's, your best friend or your best client's wedding and on the Tiffany's box, you no know, compliments of Art of Charm. Like that'd be the cheesiest, douchiest thing in the world. But people do it in business and they call it branding and marketing. So we walk people through, are you personalizing it? Are you including the inner circle? What's the timing that would be a true surprise and delight? If you're giving something to somebody and people do this all the time. Hey, I want to give a watch. That's, that's useful. I want every time somebody looks at my, their wrist, Five times a day, 500 times a day, they'd be thinking of me. So they were like, hey, we can only afford $500 a person. We're going to buy this beautiful Seiko. And they hand it out to a bunch of people. Even if they don't put the logo on, they get it and they're like, I'm wearing a Rolex. Am I going to take off my Rolex and put your Seiko on? Hell no. So you better go best in class in a category where you can go better than what you're giving to somebody at. That's why the stupid knives work. Most people have this stuff they got when they got married from Bed Bath & Beyond from China for 300 bucks. I send them one chef knife that costs $300. And it's the nicest tool that they have in their kitchen now. And every time somebody comes over to the house, they're talking about the stupid chocco knife that has their family name engraved on it. It's not that they couldn't go buy the knife. A lot of what you're sending out to people is just best in class, it's personalized, it's whatever else, it's something nicer than what they currently have so they use it. And so go understanding the psychology of like what to give is being the seventh step, but understanding who you're giving it to, that's all part of the recipe.
1: That is great. And something I want to pull out of there is you mentioned about the promotional materials. If you slap your logo on it, that's what that becomes. And what we're looking at is is a few levels deeper than its utility so as human beings we everything that we look at our first thought is what is its utility and related to me I see this chair I can sit on this chair well if I look at it much deeper than that what is the chair made of what does that chair mean to me? How is that chair connected to me? Was that chair an heirloom? Was it given to me? And now all of a sudden, out one step deeper than its utility, I am now placing meaning on that chair and why that chair is special to me or why that chair has made it into my living room. And maybe it's my chair. Maybe it's a chair that I like guests sitting in for specific reasons. Maybe it has a story behind it. So and by with that logo... If you slap that on, you're defining that meaning to that the person that you had given it to. You're forcing that on them rather than them defining that meaning for themselves, which is going to make it that much more special to them.
2: You're, the, the story is everything. Like We don't need more crap in America, really globally. like Most first world countries, nobody's like, oh my gosh, I just need another water bottle. No, they already have... 20 of them. I do. You know, like, with logos. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, you, and you probably have your favorite that's <laughs> nice and maybe it's the like, logo you care about. But in general, the logo defaces it. It devalues it. Unless it's like you know, your Lululemon or like Under Armour where you've spent billions of dollars to make your logo cool. In general, most people's logos devalue the product that they're putting on. But the story, like we, did, we had a client that partnered with Tony Robbins. And they're like, hey, we want to do a gift for Tony. Like, what do we give Tony? You can buy a thousand of anything. I'm like, we're going to do a knife set. And the client's like, come on, really knives? And I said, it's not about stupid knives. We're going to take this 40 piece set and we're going to take 80 of Tony's quotes over 40 years. And we're going to grade every tool with one of his quotes of wisdom. And then we're going to put it inside a $3,000 wood box. It's called a strong box, there's a video screen. And you're going to pour out your heart and talk about future Robin's generations using this heirloom and being reminded of the legacy that Tony and Sage created. They got it four months later. When they finally opened it, they called the client, staged it, and was gushing, almost in tears. It wasn't about the stupid product, and I. It was about the meaning, the story. Now they own in Tony Robbins' home a piece of real estate on the countertop, and that story will be told for decades. Every time they walk past it, they're reminded of that subconsciously. The relationship. And so people are like, man, ten grand for a gift is stupid. I'm like. We could have gifted Tony a $50,000 watch and it would have been went into a drawer because there was no story. It's the story, to your point, the meaning, the the including the family, the using it and, and woven into the fabric of that family that now makes it like if their house is on fire, they're gonna grab a handful of things that have the most meaning, not that they're necessarily the most expensive. And so when people say, John, you're just talking about spending stupid money on things, I'm like, no, I'm actually talking about spending way less money, but tying that meaning, that story so instead of just spending 10 grand on a on a Super Bowl trip for a person, what if you spent $2,000 on being really thoughtful with them? Now you're saving 80% of your dollars and you're anchoring to them a story that they're telling a decade from now. And they've told every day for the last 10 years, that's 3,600 thoughts and impressions. You wanna be like trusted and top of mind, the trifecta? Give people things that they're telling stories when you're not around in the room, when you're not around in the boardroom or on the golf course at the dinner table. That's how you become like this memorable person where things come to you because other people are advocating on your behalf just by telling the story. Well,
0: let's- Johnny, we know if you listen to the show, you are driven. In fact, we're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to
1: search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed.
0: Let's unpack the math on this, too, because this is an important point, especially for business owners who are listening. We will gladly spend 15 20%, 30% of our revenue on acquiring new customers, on paid ads, and hoping to get people inside of our store. And those people end up churning. They end up not being customers in large part. Most businesses rely heavily on referrals, whether or not you're tracking it or know it. And those referral relationships can be incredibly fruitful if you give them a reason to unlock and be an advocate for you. So having that thoughtful gift and that story behind it, becoming someone that's woven into their life, well, naturally, they're going to tell other people about you. That's going to raise interest. And that word of mouth is far more powerful than any Facebook ad, Instagram ad could ever be. So when you actually look at the numbers, 5 to 10% to keep your customers happy and Turn them into referral generating machines is actually not a significant investment to a business's bottom line. It's a smart investment.
2: Yeah, it, I mean, I, I, the return on relationship. Like, I you guys have probably heard the story about what we did for Cameron Harold with the seven thousand dollars in Brooks Brothers. People are like, damn, why would you spend seven grand? I'm like, it was actually twenty five grand. I invested in him over the course of ten years, uh, twenty five grand. And people are like, man, that's dumb. You already had him after the Brooks Brothers. You know, outfitting his hotel room to look like the Brooks Brothers store. I'm like, when I was nobody, like I had no book, Cameron got double booked to speak. He, my first 10, 20, 30, 40, $50,000 speaking gigs came because Cameron became my sales rep. If I wanted to hire him for a year, he, I could have offered him $2 million, he would have turned it down. Like he was making millions, like he didn't need my commission. He didn't need my sales rep position. But I loved on him, no strings attached over a decade and inspired him to become my sales rep. It produced multi-seven figures. Like most of the time, if you can turn your clients that are already paying you into sales reps, unpaid sales reps, it's crazy for a few hundred dollars or a few thousand dollars, you could inspire somebody like it's amazing how many business owners will hire an extra two employees. They'll add an extra $100,000 in overhead to their business. They don't think twice about it. They made the decision in five minutes. We need two more people. We're growing. And then I asked them, when's the last time you invested a hundred grand in the 20 relationships that allow you to even have a company? And they're almost always a deer in headlights. They're like, well, we've never done that. I'm like, it's the same hundred thousand dollars as a small business owner. I get it. Like you can't, like nobody has unlimited budgets. But you'll drop a hundred grand on fixed cost overhead, labor, and think nothing of it. And then you you want to know what the ROI on investing in your top relationships is? Are you stupid? Like do you not understand if you invest? Like these are the people paying the bills already. And they're like, you're right. I just never been challenged that way. It's easy. It's normal to spend a hundred grand over here on Facebook ads or on an extra two employees. It feels weird, awkward, and uncomfortable to start, you know, if I tell my, my team I'm going to drop 100 grand on, you know, mugs, you know, $2,000 artifact mugs and knives and whatever else, like, what if it doesn't work? I'm going to look stupid. And so people are just like, they, they avoid that because they'll go for the safe play, not realizing like what they're really, you know, what they're really doing.
0: And let's be honest, businesses struggle to satisfy customers. And customers are getting more and more discerning every single day. But if you showcase to a client or a customer that you are thoughtful and you care about them, even while you're making mistakes, even while you're underperforming, odds are they're going to keep you on as that customer. And we've seen it time and time again in our own business over 15 years. Of course, we hire agencies and we go into every marketing strategy thinking it's going to work. It's going to work like gangbusters. Everything's going to function perfectly. There's not going to be any broken links. But we know that's not the case. Mistakes happen. Humans make mistakes. Businesses let other businesses down. But if you show that you are thoughtful, you're going above and beyond, businesses will look past those small mistakes, those small slights, not write negative reviews, not fire you immediately, and in a lot of times still be willing to refer you out other people simply because you're more thoughtful, caring, and considerate than the competition. And many of us who are as business owners dealing with other businesses, We have been in those tricky situations of like, well, they really care, they're making mistakes. If they care, odds are we're gonna keep them around and give them a second chance, give them a third chance to
2: prove themselves. Yeah, people have grace when you're a giver. If you're a douchebag, if you take advantage of people, like, they they tend to go, like, yeah, they can tell, like, if you're willing to, like, yeah, everybody makes mistakes, but they'll give you a chance to make it up or to to fix it or to do right. But if you're somebody who's a taker, then typically people aren't going to have grace for it. They're like, Oh, yeah, I see. I had that feeling. I had that whatever. And so it, it doesn't mean you can have a sucky business, get great gifts and everything will be okay. But there are, you know, dips and hurdles and challenges and ops. Nobody's perfect. Nobody has a perfect team. Nobody has a perfect anything. So you're I, spot on. Like people will, you know, have a little bit of grace when, uh, when they know that you're going the extra mile and loving on them and actually have, you know, treating them as a human.
0: So thinking about it. And hearing probably some business owners groan about the Christmas gifts they just sent out, the bottles of wine that are being parked around offices, the swag with their logo stamped all over it that no one's wearing that's going to Goodwill. What are some really thoughtful examples of gifts that clients starting out with you have given with great impact on their business?
2: Yeah. So what I would say is, um, what the kind of the rules and parameters, like we've done some pretty crazy things. We just did a gift for Vaynerchuk Shock that was a $40,000 piece of art from a client from the stage. It doesn't have to be 40 grand, but it's also not like people say, John, what do you have for 47 bucks? And I'm like, a handwritten note. Like you really think some affluent six or seven figure earner, you give them like a polo shirt or whatever, like, you know, even without a logo, they don't need another polo shirt. Like trust me. Um, so there's a sweet spot if you take somebody out to a nice dinner with wine or ball game tickets or a round of golf, you're going to spend at least a few hundred dollars, three, $400 a person. And nobody thinks twice about doing that or picking up a bar tab in Vegas for thousands of dollars. So you have to be willing to invest in dollars. I, I think in general, like one of the things I used to make fun of as the worst gift on the planet. And I mentioned it before is the mug. And I, I like, you don't drink out of one mug. People put, you know, 10 bucks into there, 20 bucks. Maybe they put some M&Ms inside thinking they're cute. I'm like, you only drink out of one. So this, there's a product called an artifact mug that we partnered with and it's two grand. And people are like, $2,000 is a lot of money. And I'm like, but if you just picked your top five relationships, that's 10 grand. You waste 10 grand on stupid stuff in the course of a year all day long. But the five mentors or investors or key clients that you have that are doing maybe you know, 30% of your business, what if you invested two grand? And they're like, why does it cost that much? And I said, well, this artist takes and carves into this, this piece, this functional piece of art your core values, your faith, your family, your wife, who mentored you first, whatever else. I gave one in Orange County last year on a stage at, for YPO to a billionaire. And the billionaire cried in front of all his peers. Why? Not, not because of the two grand, he could have bought a thousand of them, no problem. Like he just sold to a public traded company. It was the thoughtfulness, the meaning, his family, his dad who just passed away, all carved into this functional piece that now like every day they drink coffee or tea, which is about as universal as a gift, by the way. People are like, how did you know I like coffee? And I'm like, cause you're a human. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, like most, most of the world drinks coffee or tea. But now as he, as he or she are drinking in that, and I've, I've given now 140 of these, all my employees, all my biggest clients, my mentors, and I, and almost universally they cry because of the, the depth of meaning. Like when I got mine made for me, the artist made one and drove nine and a half hours and then made one for my wife, made both of us cry. Cause he tied in like me on the farm, my wife's dad who just passed away and like all these different things that were like major milestones. And something. it was like a lifetime achievement award. So the more you can take something that's functional, that's practical, that's unsexy, but is useful and go all in on the details. Like to your example, if I was going to give a chair, you know, I'd want something that is going to be like, Maybe it's on the bottom of it, it's their, it's their mission statement or like their family, you know, crest or like something that ties into their legacy and, and isn't like the cheap version from China. It's like, if it's a chair, it's the nicest stricken chair on the planet. If it's a luggage tag, it's not a $2 luggage tag, it's a $100 luggage tag. Like it's something that people would never go buy for themselves. But now that it's personalized to the max in a way that honors them. I used to engrave when I, we, we have clients, we'd engrave their logo on it, not mine, theirs. And then I realized most spouses hated that. Why? Because a lot of times the spouse feels jealous with the brand, the company, that CEO is building a company. Like the person who's building it, the guy or gal might've loved it, but the people around them, do they love it? I'm like, no, but they care about their family name universally. They care about their family values. So even our evolution of how to take a functional artifact and how to personalize it. I've started to take logos off of things, even if it's their logo, because I'm like, I want this to be a family legacy, a family heirloom, not a business heirloom. Like when you think about the people you are closest with, you invite them in, not to your office, to your home, you break bread with them in your house. So I wanna tap, so we've started to take and go even deeper and deeper and deeper. And so whether we're spending hundred dollars on a luggage tag or $2,000 on a mug, the details of how that's personalized into that whole family is what either makes it be just another thing that showed up. Uh, Even the handwritten note, by the way. People are like, John, can we just automate this on Amazon? And I'm like, if you are not willing to put a handwritten note with it, that oftentimes is just as important if not more because it provides the thoughtfulness, the meaning, the context. And so people are like, "If, if you won't allow us to handwrite the notes for you, we won't take you on as a client. I've had people push back, John, I just want to order a thousand of these and ship them out. I'm like, no, we won't do that. You want emotional buy-in and impact, you want to move somebody to tears, the note is one of those pieces of the recipe that makes the thing have meaning. And if you cut that out, don't expect to get this, you know, 100x return on investment, because you won't. It'll just be another thing that showed up that, that ends up at Goodwill in a year or two.
0: So much level of of thoughtfulness and planning goes into these gifts. It sounds like so. What is sort of a rule of thumb if a relationship is is just starting out? You know, many of the examples I heard were people that are super meaningful in your life that you have a really deep connection with. Uh, some of us starting out in business don't quite have those relationships yet. We want to nurture them to get there, and I think gifts could be a great way to get there. So. What is that rule of thumb on thoughtfulness, and, and how do you go about tracking down some of this information if the people we're talking about, the mentors, the billionaires, are, are fairly private?
2: Yeah. So, what I would say is that a lot of people want to hire us to go to after their dream 100, which is the cold prospecting. And I'm like, that, you, A, you know, like I gifted the Cubs for seven years before they ca- became a client. Most people don't have the tenacity and the grit to gift year after year, month after month. Like they gift once or twice and they're like, ah, oh, it didn't work. I'm like, that's not how relationships work, especially if they're cold. If so, most of our budget, like this year will be about 650 grand reinvested back into our clients. It's 80% of that is to warm market people we already have a relationship with. Now it might not be like I've known them for 20 years. I might have just known them for a year. So I don't think that you necessarily have to go all in at the $10,000 level or even the $2,000 level initially. But a lot of times people, people will take that as an excuse to give something lame. It's like, no, you don't have to necessarily go all in at that Super Bowl level, but you should be still thoughtful, even just with a handwritten note. Somebody's giving you their time or energy like that's Their time is an asset they'll never get back. If somebody takes a 15 minute meeting with you, that's 15 minutes they could have spent on their business with their kids, with their wife, with their husband. So I think that acknowledging the time and at least being thoughtful in what you're sending, you know, that's to me is like a good first step. It doesn't have to be, you know, like their family crest and everything, but at least put their name on it. Like we do the knives. I always still to this day millions of dollars in the knives. I don't necessarily take it and do it the Tony Robbins level every single time, but I always have a handwritten note. I always do it as a surprise and delight. I, you know, I might not do the full set. It might just be one piece. You know, the luggage tag is a great example of like anybody can afford a hundred bucks if they really wanted to. And it doesn't feel like you have to be intimately connected to them to send them something that's functional and practical, but it is best in class, it is world-class, it is personalized, whatever else. So I think there's a way to walk before you run. But I think so many times people are like, well, I don't know the person that well. I'm like, have you Googled them? Have you researched them? Have you built relationships with their assistant or the people around them and and made the extra phone call? Have you done, you know, a lot of people on social media, you can get all kinds of info about what they care about and who they are and and what they're about. So a lot of times it just comes down to people being lazy. They're not willing to do the extra 10 minutes of research. They're not willing to make a couple extra phone calls. And so they either don't do anything or they're like, oh, you know what, we're just gonna send wine to everybody. Meanwhile, like, you're sending $20 bottles of wine to people that drink $200 bottles of wine or you're sending red when people drink white or you're sending, you didn't realize because you didn't know them that well or do the research, their dad's an alcoholic and they don't drink. Like I just had a client of ours, Joel Marion, who runs BioTrust, one of the biggest companies in the supplement space. And he literally made a video of him getting up. He doesn't drink. Somebody sent him wine. He didn't even open up the box. He, he, he picked it up. He had to go to the Walgreens to pick it up because he wasn't there at his house. And he threw it right in the trash can. And he's like, do better. I don't drink. You obviously don't know me. Like, do better. Well, he comes to find out it was his financial advisor who end up listening to an episode of the podcast and be like, Joel, I'm sorry. Like I was the one that sent you that wine, and I had no idea. I should have known. My team sent out da da da. So people don't realize that like they're in this case, in many cases they're they're spending money to have a negative consequence on the other side. So even if you don't know somebody well, like if somebody's important to you and is going to be important to you, it's worth that extra phone call. It's worth a little bit extra research. It might be worth. You know, collaborating with a company to help scale your thoughtfulness because what you could be communicating that the other person never says on the other side is, I don't matter. This person doesn't pay attention to details. This person doesn't really know me. And that's not a good investment if you want to grow your business is basically showing people physically with money. I don't know you and you don't matter.
1: One of the, the questions I, I had here was any stories on inappropriate gifts that went wildly in the wrong direction. And I, that certainly that one certainly has, is there any others that particularly stick out in your mind?
2: I mean, I've had people reach out and say, you know, I got a ham and I'm Jewish sent to me nowadays. Like, so, I mean, or I eat healthy and all I, and people send me cupcakes and Dude. peanut butter and a bunch of stuff that's tempting. I'm on keto and they're sending me stupid stuff. Or my wife is, you know, has, uh, you know, celiac disease and people send us all this stuff with gluten in it. Or like food, like, I have a, a do not give list, the top 10 worst gifts to avoid giving. Uh, thegiversedge.com, they can download, it's 10, food is on there, uh, alcohol is on there or drinks, gift cards. What, I mean, here's a piece of plastic, I don't know you well enough, you weren't worth the time, go buy your own gifts. What a gift card basically is communicating. Um, that's not a good use of resources like and so that you know those sorts of things are given all the time the challenge is people don't get honest feedback they'll get the token thank you back but internally they're thinking this person doesn't know me like I did 250 grand in business with them last year and they sent me a 30 bottle of wine are you serious right now like but don't know to write that note I thought less of you as a human when I got this unthoughtful thing at an obligatory time and like but that's honestly the, the, the mental knowledge of what's going on in people's heads when those, those are going out. They just don't typically get the feedback. And we've had even with the, the knives, we've had some where they reached back out and they said, uh, if you start engraving my new wife's name on the pieces, I'll probably engage you a little differently. So they had ex-wives names engraved on the pieces. Why? Because they didn't do the research properly. They, they had old data. So there is, there is anytime you're going to push the envelope and do something you know, that's forward thinking, like the details matter. And so it, it is possible to, uh, to, to completely F it up by not, uh, by not having things, the strategy dialed in. I
1: love that. The way I was raised is you eat everything that is on your plate before you leave the table and you're going to sit at that table until everything's gone. And the idea of wasting food is just not going to happen. And I personally know if I got sent a box of cookies, I would have to eat all those cookies, and every day that I have to go and eat one of those cookies, I would be cursing that person's name. <laughs> In fact, I've done it to AJ when he's when he's visiting and left stuff here or whatnot. Like I'll have a surplus. I do
0: it to torture Johnny, which is slightly different than, than gift giving. And, and one of one of my one-on-one clients, he's an executive, and right now we have a war on cake. He's a, a marathon runner. He's training and it's the holidays. And every day I'm checking in, how's the war on cake? And he's sending me photos of all of the food gifts just piling up in the office. And he's like, I can't get rid of this stuff fast enough. And the worst part is then if you're obliged to have a bite, if you don't eat in front of your staff, if you don't take it, then everyone starts to question what's going on. Food and drink. it's shocking how many people send them as gifts, but don't realize the implications with everyone having dietary restrictions. And the last thing we need around the holidays is more food and more sugary snacks.
2: You're eating and drinking yourself to death. So here's what you end up doing. You put gift guilt on people. So they have to say thank you. They have to say thank you, but internally they're pissed. They're annoyed, they're frustrated, they're angry. So you're spending money for your most valuable employees, clients, suppliers, partners, to annoy, frustrate, partner, or, or, or piss off, or guilt them. Talk about a, a horrible investment strategy. Like, it's, but, but nobody, everybody's like, well, John, it's the thought that caps. I'm like, that's such a crock of crap. It's the thoughtful thought. It's understanding the other relationship and saying, what would they appreciate? Do they want another, do they want to trip away from their family? No, they want to probably spend, they don't want to travel. They want to spend more time with their family. Do they want, cookies and crap like that. No, they probably want something healthy or they want something they can take home to their spouse or to their kids or to their pets. So the thought, you know, it's the thought that counts as an excuse to give a lame gift. Well, there's no thought in it, right? I don't need another
0: company's logo on the water bottle that I'm taking to the gym. No. I only care about my company. I mean, just being frank. And here we are, notebooks, polos, uh, we have gifts coming in constantly. And I'm like, I, I love working with your company. I think your company is great, but I'm not a walking billboard for your company. I'm not plastering it on my golf shirt when I'm playing around to golf with friends. I'm not grabbing that water bottle first when I have an Art of Charm water bottle sitting next to it. But there's, there's no thought in it, right? It's automated. And, and that's what you hit the nail on the head. It's this idea of like, well, let's send the same fruit basket to all 30 clients. Let's just check the box. I know I have to give gifts. I know it's the holidays. They need something. So what's the quickest way to do it? How can I outsource it, Amazon it, get it directly shipped from China so that they think that there's a thought behind it when really there's not? And it it does become insulting when these gifts pile up and you go to think about that brand and now you're doing brand damage around the holidays, which is the last thing you want to be doing. I
1: want to add to what AJ is saying there as well. We're in a first world country. We live in a world of, of abundance. So I don't have to think of utility. I, when I get a shirt in the mail, I'm th- thinking, "Yay, I got a shirt!" I'm thinking, "What? What? How's it fit? What's the style?" Oh, there's a giant brand written across the front of it. I'm not gonna. I'm not a billboard for you. Uh, I'm very particular about all the clothes that I wear. And I think most Americans are, and we're certainly brand aware. That's all everyone's been hearing about since social media has been prevalent in everyone's life. Brand awareness is you are, you are now branding yourself online. It's on, it's on everybody's mind.
2: Yeah. No, I I think at the end of the day, like I don't even wear my own brand. I don't wear a giftology. I think that's cheesy. Even my own company. I, I wear, I, I'm black, black t-shirt, blue lemon, I want the logo as small as possible, like, and I think the more affluent you're targeting people, you know, up the food chain, like they're that way, typically, unless it's a brand they love, um, they don't want like, yeah, you're actually like, and, and subconsciously, everybody knows, like, you're trying to disguise a gift, but really, it's a billboard, it's a manipulation. So I want to say thank you but really I'm trying to turn you into an advertisement. Does that feel good? No, it feels gross, it feels icky. When you, like book launches, horrible. Like the amount of people that do book launches and like, here's a wristband, here's a sticker. Here's a, you know, like they send out 500 books that are like in a, some box with like a water bottle and a flashlight and a, I don't want any of that stuff. Now I have to feel guilty about throwing it away and I've just stopped responding. Like unless somebody takes the time to handwrite a note and sends the book, based upon the relationship. That's why, like when I published Giftology, I had 50 copies made, they were $300 a piece. you are like, $300 for a book? I'm like, they were handmade one at a time, inside a leather bag, inside a linen box with a handwritten note on a piece piece of steel. It went to Vaynerchuk, Seth Godin, Michael Hyatt, people that were either clients, mentors, or people that I respected. I didn't ask for anything. I said, thank you for inspiring me to write this book. Here's what I got from your stuff. And this is what I'm putting onto the world. And it was personalized to them on the cover. It was monogrammed to them and their spouse on the leather, them and their spouse asking for nothing. The amount of people that reached back out unsolicited saying, This is the nicest book I've ever seen. I get thousands of books sent to me. I want to buy 20 copies from my team or 50 copies. I want to have you on my show. I want to whatever. And people made fun of me. A $300 book. They're like, We can get them for $3. And I'm like, You'll spend $300 on a bar tab. Nobody cares. I'll spend $300 on one book. And it's, We've sold now 120,000 copies of a self-published book, Giftology. I never big publisher behind me, uh, but I ate our own dog food. And when we did, and now we have a $3,000 version of the book. We have a $300 version of the book that has a video screen built in. But every single one that we send out, handwritten note personalized to the person. None of this generic BS on a typed, like manila envelope. Like that communicates mass. It communicates mediocre. It communicates this was done to everybody. And so the more you can take this concept of giftology and really apply it to all other parts of your business, instead of doing something for hundred people at a dinner, take people out, 10 people out and make it a once in a lifetime experience. Instead of doing like your generic brochures, like hand make some things that just melt somebody's face off. Like the more you can go all in on the details and flip the script. Where everybody goes cheap, I go expensive. Where everybody goes expensive, I go cheap. I don't wanna have a pitching match over here where it's just noise. I wanna be in a blue ocean. And gifting and how we show up for people, like what everybody does just go completely the opposite and, and go all in on those little things. And when you do that, it, people respond. They're like, wow, I feel special.
0: So how has this impacted your personal relationships? And for those in our audience who aren't business owners, who aren't necessarily generating leads or clients or referrals for their business, but want to deepen those potential relationships with mentors and people who could impact their career, what advice do you have for them?
2: I think it's the same. I mean, I think that if we, you know, even if you're working for a company as a sales rep and you don't, you don't own the business, at the end of the day, like you own the relationship. If you leave, if you build the relationships right and go to another company, if you build the relationship right, they want to come with you no matter, like they're bought into you, the human. Cause at the end of the day, people don't do business with companies. They do business with humans, with, with an individual, with a sales rep, with a, with a manager. And so I, you know, I sent one of those crazy mugs to my neighbor. Do I have anything to ask of him other than being a neighbor? No, he's a friend. Um, but I think that when you show up for other human beings, like we all like uh, the quality of our life locally at our school, our church, our charity, our board that we're serving on, like it all comes down to relationships and humans, our spouse, our kids, our parents. And so this this really... I wrote giftology as a business book, but a lot of people have reached back out and say, John, my marriage is better. I had somebody reach out from Vietnam saying I read the book and now I get why my wife wasn't responding the way because I wasn't showing up for her in this type of way, the surprise and delight and going all in. And and so when people are like, ah, you know, that's a business book or I don't, I don't own the company. I'm like, you own your life. And if you want good relationships, then you need to find ways to show up in uncommon ways. Not just with gifting, it could be a video. There's a lot of ways that you can show love to people. Handwritten note. The best is when you take all the love languages and combine them together. You spend quality time with somebody with a handwritten note, which is words of affirmation. You give them a world-class artifact, which is a physical gift. You know, like you go do something together, like there's a way to blend all of them together personally or professionally. But I, I call BS and people are like, I, I don't have the budget for it. I'm like, reinvest a portion of your commissions back into your relationships like you own the company because your commissions will grow and you'll be you'll have companies coming after you based upon the value and trust that you have of your relationships. Don't give me the excuse you don't own the company or they won't pay for it. You pay for it yourself. I did that when I was working with Cutco. I used my own freaking dollars as a college kid to reinvest in relationships. That's why I grew so fast. So I think a lot of people have this limited, they say they're playing the long game because Vaynerchuk does, and their long game is days, not decades. And frankly, we're all gonna be probably in business for the next 10, 20, 30, 40, 50 years, act like it.
0: Such an important viewpoint, even if you are just an employee, to think about your managers and those who could mentor you and open doors in that future career development that you have it's so important to invest in every single one of those relationships. Not just think this is something that business owners have to do to get more clients or salespeople have to do to close more deals. Every single relationship that you have personally and professionally has a profound impact on your life and that future that you hold so near and dear and you're excited about. So taking the time to be thoughtful, and I really love that, involving all of the love languages and the gift. It's such a thoughtful way, especially if you're thinking about the holidays here with your spouse or your significant other or anniversaries or birthdays to involve all of those love languages into one shared experience that has a bit of each is such a better way to go about it than just planning the same old dinner you do every year, the same old florist you visit every year and thinking you're being thoughtful, pretending that you care about this person.
2: Amen. yeah the the multiplication effect of, if you can combine all of them together it just creates this ripple effect of like holy crap i like i've never felt the way i feel because you're hitting people from multiple angles with uh you know i call them love bombs now it's like a gift feels cheesy and lame you know uh i i a love bomb communicates like th- you're, you're doing something at this atomic level of like wow like there's ripple effects into the future um, and so I hate the word gift anymore. It's like, that feels tacky and cheesy. Love bomb is more, uh, is more appropriate in my mind.
0: I mean, there's no greater feeling than your gift being showcased off to others. <laughs> I can't remember the, yeah. the last time I got a mug in the mail and I rushed to tell Amy, Hey, you got to see this mug, right? We don't do that with many of these gifts that are just thoughtless that we're receiving. What gift have you received that stood out for you? We've heard a lot of examples of how you've helped clients, but I, I'd love to hear what the gift giver himself received that stood out.
2: I think a lot of people are intimidated to give me a gift because they know that, like, I look at things critically. It's hard for me to shut my brain off. Um, I, I mean, there's a couple that come to mind. One, the mug was the artifact mug was a big one that made me cry, it made my wife cry. It was a big one. Paul, my original mentor, buying a hundred gifts and then giving me his social capital. He'd say, go give this gift to this person, this business owner over here, whether he buys or not, let him know I love this product and I love what you're doing. So he transferred his trust in social capital, which as a 20 year old was a big deal. Like I still to this day try to give him credit in the book. He won't take any of the credit because that's just who he is. But that was a big, I mean, that that was a big shift for me. Um, I've had somebody you know, recently send me um, a top of the line. They know I love saunas and so they upgraded me uh, to a brand new like sunlight and five, $6,000 sauna uh, sent me a cold plunge tank. Um, you know, they, they, they sent me a, a trip to Disney with my kids. Um, you know, they, they'd heard me speak at a hospitality event there with Hilton. Uh, that was cool. And that each of those, when they unveiled it to me, they sent me a gift for each of my girls that was customized to them with a handwritten note package just for them and my wife and me, like this humongous box of like all these other boxes on top of, Oh, by the way, we're going to cover your tickets in your, in your hotel stay and whatever else. Um, so I've had, I've had some crazy ones. I mean, I, I have some things in my head that I'm like, I hope somebody sends me that someday. I hope I add enough value to to the life that they send me a vehicle or, you know, the paddock watch or the whatever um, those haven't showed up in the mail yet, but I've still had some pretty insane ones, relatively speaking, like dropping $10,000 on a gift for me that I'm like, You know, from my roots of being a farm kid, wanting the air Jordans to now like this, like it's, it's, uh, I'm super grateful for what people are willing to, uh, to do and show up for me.
0: I love that. Well, we, we always ask every guest what their X factor is, what it is that makes you extraordinary. I have a feeling we know the answer, but what is your X factor,
2: John? I think I I help people, uh, you know, be more radically generous and scale their thoughtfulness. Uh, That's my superpower. Uh, I think I can inspire it, but I also have been able to help people, leaders think about how to uh, show up in uncommon ways and radical generosity, uh, even in 2021, never gets old. And I think that's my X factor.
0: Awesome. And you, I know you dropped the URL, but we'll put it in the show notes. Where can our audience learn more about this gift giving recipe and giftology?
2: Yeah, giftologysystem.com is the, is the free resource. Uh give the givers edge is the 10 worst gifts to avoid giving. Either one of those places is a great place to start. And really like as much as we love having clients, like I, the goal for us is to give away our entire recipe so people can go do it on their own. They don't have to hire an agency to do it. Like there's no like we keep this behind the curtain and like there's no secret sauce. It's like it, it's all out there for people to uh, latch onto and start doing immediately.
0: Wonderful. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us. Enjoy the holidays. Thanks for having me, guys. Johnny, I know everyone was a little frustrated to hear that we shouldn't be giving Christmas gifts, but we had to launch this episode because, guess what? 2022 is just around the corner. And when you can start thinking about unique gifts to give people in your network to build and deepen those relationships... Will you set yourself up for success?
1: AJ, I was taking notes this whole episode just because gift giving is a little bit out of my box. And there was so much more to it and so much more thought put in. And even as I had gotten gifts for, for the people in my inner circle this week for Christmas, I was just shaking my head in hands as John was speaking. But I'm excited about it. I learned a lot. And Certainly, there is some amazing gift-giving opportunities out there, and John certainly laid it out. It's all about being thoughtful and
0: intentional with your gift-giving. Now we got a shout out this week from our Unstoppable graduate, right, Johnny?
1: Absolutely. This week's shout out goes to Steven, who has broken through his anxiety and started building out his own new social circle. He used the tools that he learned in Unstoppable to do some things that he has always wanted to do, but his inner critic had gotten the best of him. He's finding himself at dance classes and improv and he's putting himself out there. He's now mastered his inner dialogue and taking action. Steven has decided to change things up this year to get different results. And I got to say, he's certainly get them tenfold. Now, do you want to live last year or do you want to make a change? If you're
0: ready to make a change and unlock your X Factor, join us at unlockyourxfactor.com. Before we head out for the holidays, could you do us and the entire Art of Charm team a huge favor? Maybe even a gift, per se. And that's head on over to Apple Podcasts and rate and review this show. It brings on great guests like John and, of course, helps new listeners find the show.
1: The Art of Charm Podcast is produced by Michael Harold and Eric Montgomery. Until next week, I'm Johnny. And I'm AJ. Have a Merry Christmas.